Ephesians chapter 2, I'm going to read from verse 11. We're coming to the seventh of the eight Beatitudes today. Blessed are the peacemakers. And here's the Apostle Paul talking about the great peacemaking work of Christ. Page 1174, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, that done in the, in the body by the hands of men, Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace. And in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by the one Spirit. Friends, will you uh, welcome our new Archdeacon, John Kiddle. John, come up to the microphone. That's not much of a welcome. John, John, welcome. Thank you very much, Paul. Where, it's great to be here. Where have you come from before coming to Southwark Diocese? So before coming to Southwark Diocese, I was in St. Albans Diocese for nearly 25 years. Before that in Liverpool, God's own diocese. Um, <laughs> hey. But in, in St. Albans, I was a vicar of uh, a church in Watford for quite a while, St. Luke's Church, some of you may know, and then I did the job as director of mission most recently it's been wonderful to get to know you just in the last month or two and to know that in you we have someone who understands what we're trying to do in mission yes and uh, thank you for that Uh, we're thrilled that you're with us and that you're with us today i'm thrilled to be here and uh, over to you thank you thank you paul let's pray Loving God, thank you for this place and this time. Thank you for one another. And thank you for your presence with us. We ask you simply uh, by your spirit to speak to us now. But we would ask you speak not just to our minds, but please speak to our hearts and our wills. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's, um, thank you, Paul. It is a real delight to be with you this morning. Thank you for the invitation. 
and great to be here um, as a resident in Battersea. I had the great joy of walking to church this morning, which is lovely. We're living just by the corner of um, the park near uh, off Albert Bridge Road. It's fantastic. I'm actually quite enjoying doing a job I swore I would never do. <laughs> and I'm still trying to work out what an archdeacon does. Or I suppose to be more precise, I'm trying to work out a little bit, and I value your prayers in this, what I particularly um, am called to do by God as an archdeacon um, in this patch. Um, if you watch Rev, I have to assure you that I do not drive around in a black cab. <laughs> And um, I'm enjoying my preferred means of transport, which is a folding bike, which is a great way of, ha, ah, thank you, Stephen agrees, hopping on and off trains and getting down, as I was yesterday, in Surbiton, even though it was extremely wet and cold, um, cycling around various churches there to meet the church wardens and see what a great job they're doing. But um, the closest metaphor, if you like, that I've come up with in thinking about what my job is as an archdeacon, is that of a midwife. It may seem quite strange, but as I reflected on it, I feel that that's a lot what I'm doing. Um, there's probably one or two midwives here, are there? To somebody? I don't know. Not always an easy job. But absolutely at the heart of it is bringing things to new birth, enabling that birth to happen sometimes in difficult times, sometimes in, in very stressful times. But I pray that I can, through patience and prayer, with a bit of love and a bit of wisdom and experience, help to bring about in, in, this, in the five deaneries that I serve around here um, some new partnerships, some new projects, and more importantly, perhaps a new confidence and vision to the mission and to the growth that God is calling us to. So I would very much value your prayers and your reflections about that. And it's lovely to be able to be here and to share around the deanery some of the amazingly good things that are, that are happening here at St. Mark's. And thank you for asking me to speak this morning on Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Peacemaking. I think rather is like giving birth, is often difficult and painful work. It takes time. It's costly. Stephen, who's speaking in a minute, was telling me earlier about a book he's co-written called Waging Peace. The one thing Jesus doesn't say is blessed are the peaceful. He says blessed are the peaceful. Makers. And Jesus, with arms stretched to breaking point, wide open on the cross, with a body torn and a heart breaking, makes peace on the cross. Now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. He is our peace. What brings us here this morning, what brings us together, what brings us to God is that costly 
loving, painful, sacrificial peacemaking that we see and know in Jesus Christ. And it is that Jesus who says, follow me. It's that Jesus who says, blessed are the peacemakers, for you shall be called the children of God. The peace that Jesus talks about, the peace that he calls us to make, the peace that is wrought on the cross is not a small word. It's not the peace that we often long for that is simply the absence of noise and stress, though that's very welcome. The peace that Jesus is calling us to make is not escaping from the mess and muddle and pain around us. Rather, it is the deliberate choice to enter that pain and muddle and with others to seek something new. That's the peace we pray for when we've just prayed, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as in heaven. That's the peace that we seek when we try to bring God's love to the people around us. Not shouting from a distance, but walking alongside, listening, loving, making Jesus known. That's the peace that happens here every day. And I had a a lovely day with with, um, Paul going around and seeing some of the projects here. Changing lives, bringing hope, making peace. Encounter by encounter, conversation by conversation, prayer by prayer. Often, I guess, it's messy and pretty costly. But it's worth it because it is God's beautiful work of bringing people together of bringing creation together, of bringing new life and new hope, making peace as children of God. It's the peace that Isaiah describes in that wonderful vision where the wolf will lie down with the lamb and the leopard with the kid and the little child shall lead them. That vision of peace is a big vision. A big word, the shalom, the kingdom of God. But that big vision becomes a reality in small, costly ways in our lives and through our lives. And I just want to offer you three words to take away to try to put into practice some of that that bigger vision. And perhaps they could be especially words for you as you begin Lent as we begin Lent together. The first is simply this. See. Jesus on the cross did not close his eyes to those around him. Even in all that pain, the peace that he made was wrought not just with open arms and an open heart, but with open eyes. And he saw Mary, his mother, and John, his friend, standing there. 
and he saw them and loved them and brought them together. Woman, he said, here is your son. And to John, here is your mother. And that beautifully pictures the new relationship, the new family, the new community, the new humanity that Paul describes in that reading from Ephesians that that, uh, the other Paul read to us. The one new humanity. Jesus saw. Jesus loved. Jesus built a new community. Three words. Seeing. I've spent a lot of time in Clapham Junction lately, and I'm enjoying that. And it is filled with people, as you know all too well. But I wonder how easy it is ever to make eye contact with people. It's something I'm trying to do when I'm not rushing too quickly, is to stop and smile at people and see if they smile back and maybe even say good morning. But isn't it hard, actually, to really see people? And even when we do harder to get behind the superficial labels we give people or the judgments we make because of the clothes they wear or the language they speak. And if we're going to be peacemakers, children of God, perhaps the first thing we can do is make sure we really see people. This Lent, this week, what can you do to make sure you see to make that connection, a conversation, listening, going beyond the superficial. Secondly, Jesus loved. Surely one of the greatest barriers that we need to break as we seek to make peace is the barrier of fear. Fear is crippling. Fear keeps us in our boxes. Fear demonizes other people. And how good on this Valentine's Day to remember, as John tells us, that there is no fear in love. Love casts out fear. It's love that takes us out of ourselves, out from behind our walls. Love that helps us realize that we make peace, not when we're feeling strong or defended, but when we find the grace to be vulnerable. For Christ invites his disciples to walk without shoes, to take no purse, to be a sheep amongst wolves, because that's how peace is made. That's how the kingdom of God is seen. Undefended love, the vulnerability, the fragility of the cross is where peace is made. How might love Shape your life, your relationships, your connections this Lent, this week. Jesus saw, Jesus loved, and Jesus built a bridge. Mary and John in a new family, Jew and Gentile, slave and free, men and women together in a new humanity. On Friday, I was at a meeting at at Lambeth Palace with planners and developers and architects and local authority people talking about what makes a good city and especially relating it to the developments along the river on the south of the Thames. And one person in particular spoke of the need to blur boundaries, to cross boundaries. 
And very inspiringly, she, she said, why don't we, when we're building a community center, make sure we build it on the boundary so that different communities can get access to it and people can meet. And I thought, isn't that exactly what churches should be? That's why we're here, on the boundary, where all can meet and barriers are broken and peace is made. So this week, this Lent, what can you do, not just to see, not just to love, but actually do some building? Perhaps it's a bit like having a little tent that you can carry around and you can find somewhere to pitch it and invite someone to sit with you and eat with you and talk with you. Peacemaking. Which, after all, is exactly what God in Jesus did, who came and pitched his tent among us and invited us to sit and eat and meet his other friends. Seeing, loving, building. Blessed are those who make peace. They shall be called children of God. Amen.